Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Thursday, February the 23rd, and as always, we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Good morning, Chris Woodward. Good morning. Uh, we're in Tupelo, MS, and in Kansas City, KS, is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I was just looking. I was shocked at the uh, temperature differential between where you sit in Kansas City and where we are in Tupelo. It's freezing. We are freezing this morning. It was 62 degrees here yesterday. It's 17 degrees this morning. Tim, we got to do something about this. I am I am so done with winter. I am done with winter. All right, oh. well, you know, the Bible says don't be jealous, right? <laughs> I'm fixing to tempt you. It is eight, the high here in Tupelo today is eighty five <laughs> oh, and sunshine. Oh, yep. And oh, no. uh, I don't know if that's a record for that's crazy. for this day in history, but that's that's unusually warm. It's usually sixty two, yeah. sixty three, sixty four this time of year where There's we live. Sixty seven degrees difference between. I know. How is that right possible? <laughs> I was looking at the map. That what is there seven hundred miles between us? That's right. Something like that. That's mm-hmm. right. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, yeah we're we're getting. April, May weather, my uh, trees are starting to bloom. Of course, the daffodils are up already. I mean, it looks like late April here. Yeah. (laughs) But here's the other thing. I just, before coming in the studio, they're expecting snow in Southern California today. So to ease your misery there in in Kansas City, they are actually, it hasn't done that since 1989. Well, you know the old song, it never snows in California, <laughs> Southern California. Not today. Uh, but no, it's a, a, a what, some kind of a freak weather pattern. A, a blizzard warning of some type, cold air getting down far enough, mixing with that moisture off the Pacific. But Southern California, we're talking down in the mountains near Los Angeles. Going to snow several inches. Yep. Oh, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. That's how Canada controls the world. You send us your weather. <laughs> That's right. It's the Canadian cabal. Duly right. noted, Chris. Uh, all right. Well, listen, to everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Um, if you want to watch on the Internet, go. there's two places. We have our streaming service, video streaming service, that we put most of our shows on, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Also, if you have uh, Facebook, we're on Facebook Live. Just type in today's issues, and on our Facebook Live, we also, we have the video streaming of the show, but we also have the, we post the stories that we discuss. Brent Creeley, our producer, posts the stories that we discuss, uh, so you can have the information we use firsthand. You can have it firsthand. Um, all right, Christopher, what's leading the news this morning? Well, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has finally paid a visit to uh, East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, this after days, really weeks, of criticism for he and other members of the Biden administration that have not paid too much time and attention to uh, the people in East Palestine. Of course, they had the train derailment there in early February, so it's been about three weeks. Uh, you had the hazardous materials going up into the atmosphere. People are, uh, even today, 
uh, claiming health uh, concerns, headaches, skin irritations, upset stomachs, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so Pete Buttigieg uh, has finally paid a visit to the area. I've shared one link. I'll continue to do that throughout the morning here. Uh, some people are wondering whether or not uh, Mayor Pete was shamed into going there because earlier this week, of course, uh, you had the young lady from the Daily Caller approach him and uh, his significant other to ask, when are you going there? And he kind of hem hawed on that question and, and then took a picture of her like he was going to, you know, retaliate or something. Uh, so finally, Pete uh, Buttigieg has paid a visit there. He's Secretary of Transportation. Yes. So this would be his jurisdiction. Sure. The EPA Administrator, Michael Regan, or Reagan, um, has been there a couple of times now, as has other people from the EPA. But finally, the guy in charge of trains uh, bothered to uh, show up and, and pay a visit a day after Donald Trump, the former president, uh, visited with people there in East Palestine. I actually have some audio here of the former president. Uh, when he was in East Palestine, Ohio, he was asked what message he has for President Biden. See if you can hear it here. Clip two. Oh, hey, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. What's your thank message you, to Joe Biden before you leave? Thank you. Get over here. Yeah, right. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you. And if you didn't hear that, he told Joe Biden, get over here. Biden, of course, has been criticized uh, because he went to Ukraine on President's Day of all days to pay a visit to uh, Mr. Zelensky, but has not yet gone to East Ohio. Fred? Yeah, there, there's been an allegation here that the Biden administration has not given this priority that perhaps they would in other cases because it's an area politically that has gone uh, Republican. It's very uh, it's kind of rural over against the uh, border with uh, Pennsylvania and uh, it has been known to vote Republican. That's been the allegation here uh, that they've been slow to respond to this. And yesterday, I'm, I have to believe that the at least some in the Biden administration were a little bit embarrassed by the fact that the former president, President Trump, uh, showed up there yesterday. He he showed up with a lot of uh, bottled water mm-hmm. uh, to help the residents. So uh, it's kind of interesting. The first thing I saw this morning was the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, showing up and kind of walking around look, looking concerned. Well, I, I don't necessarily, this is my opinion, opinion show, a lot of what we do here. I don't necessarily fault uh, President Biden for not going uh, necessarily. If you have a cabinet-level position person, at least go for something like this. So, Buttigieg, did I get his name right? Judge. Mm-hmm. Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation. Uh, he waits over three weeks or three weeks to go. Mm-hmm. When uh, this, was a, uh, this is a big deal, mm-hmm. what happened here. I, I don't understand the delay. And, of course, he's upstaged by former president Trump who went yesterday. So you got a, a former president beating you to the scene mm-hmm. after three weeks yeah, uh, to show uh, Ray that you uh, acknowledge what happened and that you care and you're going to, and you're going to uh, give proper attention to this disaster. Well, number one, Buttigieg, and not only is he late to the party, so to speak, but he, he just looked, he, he just looks lost and out of his element. This is not his thing at all. And I agree. I don't care who you are, Democrat, Republican. You cannot go everywhere or else you'd be running from one trouble spot to another. But this is a really big deal. Yeah. A really, really big deal. And I got to compliment 
not just Mr. Trump, but his advisors, they saw an opportunity while Joe Biden's over in Kiev and while he's in Poland, uh, the 45th president was up in Ohio, brought the water, I got to say, and this is the kind of thing Donald Trump does so well, brought the water, the bottles were, they, they were, there was Trump bottled water, you know, he goes to McDonald's and he orders Big Macs, not just for himself, but for all the first responders, and even told, tells the, the people behind the, the counter, hurry up, we got to get these out to the mm-hmm. people, you know, so big a big, big win for uh, for Donald Trump. If we live, I know we're not supposed to look at it this way, but we're living in an optics-driven world. It didn't look good for the Democrats that President Trump got there before Joe Biden did, if he ever shows up at all. Well, and to your point there, um, this, just for people that missed Trump's visit there, this is the sound uh, that was kind of going on during his visit there. He was under a tent with people like Senator J.D. Vance and other Ohio elected officials. Clip three. It's Trump country, huh? It is. Uh, when you are a president that might be running for re-election and your administration, which is getting well, no, hammered. Would that be called re-election, technically? Well, I'm talking about Biden. Um, Biden oh, my apologies. You're Biden running for re-election, okay. we think. Uh, this doesn't look good. Uh, and you, you just got raked over the coals. By right. the way, if, if it is true that they didn't really pay much attention to this area because it's Trump country— that flies in the face of your whole Mr. Unity, I'm going to be the president for yeah. everybody. Well, yeah, again, uh, my my take on it is Secretary of Transportation, Buttigieg, mm-hmm. should have gone here three weeks ago. Sure. And uh, because President Biden didn't go there, I don't necessarily hold that against him because I don't like him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't care if he goes or not, uh, but but as a political observer, I would just say, as Ray said, presidents can't go everywhere. He, President Biden uh, has gone places that aren't friendly to his politics. Mm. Uh, he went to Mayfield, Kentucky, after the tornado disaster. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily true that he's avoiding this area just because it's Trump country or because it's a Republican and Ohio now is, is basically a red state. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's proven to be true. So it, it uh, will, but, but, but that, that a secretary of transportation, the cabinet level wouldn't go before now is a PR disaster in my view. It is. All right. Next story, Chris. Well, this is something to watch for, especially if you're in the great state of Missouri, where the attorney general there has given embattled Democratic St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner an ultimatum amid public safety outcries following a major incident over the weekend. He's telling her resign or be removed. I'm reading from the Fox story. I'll share the article here in a sec. But Attorney General Andrew Bailey, a Republican, gave Gardner until noon today to announce her resignation after a motorist who repeatedly violated his bond conditions on earlier charges crashed and severely injured a teenage volleyball player. This is the same uh, attorney, Kim Gardner, that has been in the news for all kinds of things. This is a very sad story. Mm-hmm. The There was a young, there was a family from Tennessee. Yep. They were visiting St. Louis for a volleyball tournament. I think yes. it's high school level, right? Yes. So this uh, 
Young man. How old was he? 21. Daniel Riley is his name. 20, he's 21 years old, mm-hmm. and he's driving recklessly and, and speeding, and he crashes into this family's car. The young girl is, uh, again, high school volleyball player, is did she lose both her legs in this accident because of this accident, Fred? The Associated Press is reporting this morning that both of her legs have been amputated. And the, the reason she's still alive is that her dad is a retired, I think, Army medic. And right away he knew what to do to stop the bleeding. It saved her life. This, but this, she lost yeah. her limbs, lost two of her limbs. Yes. And here's the story. That's part of the story. Mm-hmm. So... What what we learned then is this 21-year-old man, he had a criminal record, a, a, a lengthy criminal record, true? Yeah, he was out on bond after a 2020 robbery charge that was dismissed and real, refiled uh, last year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a driver's license, and he's driving recklessly. Okay, so here, here's, here's, why, here's what's led to the attorney general of the state— Demanding the resignation of, do you, do you, would would most places call this a, uh, a, a a city prosecutor or huh? I think so. Okay, what what did they call her in this? She is the St. Louis Circuit Attorney. Okay, mm-hmm. but it sounds like to me it's it's the same thing as what a lot of places call the district attorney. Yeah, district, in Illinois district, they have like the state's attorney, yeah. state's attorney, mm-hmm. district attorney, a prosecutor for mm-hmm. the government for the okay, okay, but the. She let him out, right? She let him go without having to serve time. Yeah. He he has bond vi- his bond violations, again, reading from the AP, including letting his GPS monitor die and breaking terms for his house arrest, according to court records, which show he violated bond at least seven times since February 1st. Seven okay. times. He should so, be back in jail. Yeah, this is another case of... A criminal should not be out roaming the streets. He should have been put behind bars. And if he would have been put behind bars, this young lady would not have lost both her legs. Mm-hmm. So the state attorney general, to his credit, of Missouri, has I didn't know he had the authority to do this, Ray. Uh, that was a surprise to me. I, I, is that a common thing? Can the Is that just in Missouri, or is that true of the other states as well? I don't really know. But, hey, on the other hand, too, Tim— Kudos to the attorney general right. for for taking this action. And uh, the the Democrat mayor, uh, you might, might say, well, this is a Republican Democrat thing. Mm. Actually, the Democrat mayor of St. Louis would it be yeah. agrees with the Republican attorney general uh, according, about about, about going to remove this uh, this person. This Democratic person? St. Louis mayor uh, Tashara O. Jones said Gardner had, quote, lost the trust of the people. Okay. So you have a Democrat mayor mm-hmm. saying about the Democrat prosecutor. Yes. she She's lost the trust of the people of St. Louis. Yes. So it doesn't sound like to me it's going to be a a black-white thing where because the the, uh, the lady being removed is mm-hmm. black, yes. the state attorney general is white, so you would the race-baiting folks would come in and say, well, it's a white man uh, trying to fire the black lady. Mm-hmm. Well, the black lady, uh, it, this, uh, the race evidently has nothing to do with it because an African-American mayor, Democrat, agrees with the white 
Republican AG of the state. Did I get this? Do I have the story right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't just, know if she agrees with her removal, but she yeah, agrees so she with the, doesn't call for her to. She has okay. not called for her to. Step but she down. agrees with the criticism. Okay, yeah. here's the bigger picture. Here, why are we talking about this story? That is, that is that did make national news. Yes, but um, <clears throat> the social justice movement in this country is uh, promoting the idea that you don't punish uh, criminals because they are young and black and male, basically. You guys weigh in if you disagree with this, uh, my, my observation here. Yep. That's the promotion. Mm-hmm. We, we've got too many young black males in prison. Therefore, don't put any more in prison. So we don't put any more in prison, no matter what they do. So we let them off easily, or we don't prosecute them for the crimes that they commit. So, if because the they would argue the uh, uh, percentages are off. In other words, you got a too high a percentage of young black males in, in jail and prison, and uh, it's not equitable to population. Therefore. We have to do something to rectify this situation. So, how do we do that? We just don't. We just don't prosecute young black males who commit crimes. Do, 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 do I have that basically yeah. right? That, that's what that's what the social justice warriors would argue. True. Yes. Okay. There's actually another story that follows your reasoning. It seems this one's out of Orlando, Florida. Okay. This is yesterday, right? This is yesterday. Uh, this involves a young man by the name of Keith Melvin Moses. He's 19 years old. He has been arrested in the connection of murders of two adults and a nine-year-old child. According to the Associated Press, there was a murder of someone acquainted with Mr. Moses yesterday morning. A local TV reporter, Spectrum News reporter Dylan Lyons and his photojournalist go to cover this story later in the day yesterday. According to the police report, Moses then shoots at these this TV reporter and his cameraman. Dylan Lyons was killed. And then again, according to the police, Mr. Moses goes to a house and he kills a nine-year-old girl. Now, Moses, according to the Associated Press... A 19-year-old? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's 19 years old. Okay. Moses' criminal history includes gun charges as well as aggravated battery, assault with a deadly weapon, burglary, and grand theft offenses. Okay. So, again, he should have been in jail. Yes. He should have been in jail. Young young African-American male? Yes. Uh, again, they're, they're, they don't... So the idea is you don't punish them, don't put them in jail or prison to make up for... To be, because of social justice reasons, right? Yes. And what's but what's happening is these the, these criminals who should be put away, regardless of their skin color, mm-hmm. it's because they're a criminal record. They should be put away because they're a danger to society. They're the ones who are wreaking havoc a lot of times in the African American community. Yes. In the especially in the big cities. Yes. So the. 
general population of the African-American community in these big cities, they're getting sick and tired of this too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They're getting sick and tired of 100%. this too. And you can't blame them when, when, when if you're a, if you're a, a African-American family living in the inner city of Chicago, right. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, I mean, uh, parts of Memphis, right? Uh, you're taking your life in your hands to go to your own sidewalk, to go to a local school, to go to a store, to go to a park. It ought not to be that way, and you can't blame them for being concerned and upset about all this. Right. Listen, uh, this is George Soros-funded people a lot of times across the country. We all have heard this story. The uh, secular progressive billionaire, he decided to put money into uh, uh, district attorneys' races so he could have – uh, these progressive uh, people elected, they're elected, and then they they're they're what their goal is when they're elected is to not punish crime. That sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to not punish crime, and and uh, I think a lot of people have been tricked and fooled by these uh, prosecutors, and uh, but once they get into office, they're very hard to remove because they get ingrained and they get money and they get connections and and uh we see but in the case of this st louis uh, city prosecutor the attorney general of the state of, of missouri stepped in and said no we're gonna you, you're you either resign or we're gonna remove you from office so yeah. you know it's george soros the estimate is he spent 40 million dollars which is peanuts for him but he spent 40 million dollars to elect these district attorneys under the uh, banner of justice reform. So this is what George Soros' version of justice reform is getting you. Innocent people are being killed. Innocent people are like this dear little girl from, I think it's Smyrna, Tennessee, has had her legs amputated because of a guy with reckless driving. Who shouldn't have been out of jail. Who shouldn't shouldn't even be in a car. Period. Right. And we all know what happened in Michigan at Michigan State University a couple of weeks ago. That was not a young person. No, that he a was in his forties, uh, and and taking a, you know, he uh, takes he goes on a college campus and starts mowing down people with a with a uh, with a gun, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't have been out of jail. Right. He he had like a plea that basically he just got a slap on the wrist and was back out. Yeah. So until you start punishing. It's not punishment. Still, you start holding these criminals in jail and prison to protect them from the public. Quit letting them out like a turnstile. These things are continue to happen. But I think this is hurting the Democrat brand, both locally, statewide, and nationally. Mm-hmm. Because the Democrats are, get it, many of them are on the side of not punishing criminals. And you see what's happening in New York City. Uh, it's just, uh, it's uh, a mess. It's it, it's uh, and, and and it's every day, and Chicago yep. and St. Louis. In mm-hmm. fact, it got so bad in San Francisco, they recalled a one of these Soros-funded mm-hmm. district attorneys. Yes. yes, recalled him. That's in flaming liberal. San Francisco, they got so tired of it. Yep. Uh, these are people that, you know, yep. uh, that uh, are, as I say, bar lefties. 
But they said we've had enough, too. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Stay with us. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Dwayne Johnson is best known as The Rock. He's a Hollywood megastar, also known for his work as a pro wrestler. But when he was a kid growing up in Hawaii, he was dirt poor. And as a teenage boy, he made some pretty bad decisions in his life not the least of which was shoplifting candy bars from a 7-Eleven. The Rock says he used to steal Snicker bars every day when he was a kid, and decades later, he knew it was time to right that wrong. So The Rock returned to that 7-Eleven and plopped down enough cash to buy every Snickers bar in the store. He also gave the store clerk a tip, telling the cashier to give the candy to any kid who might look like a potential shoplifter. The Rock said you can't change your past, but every once in a while you can make things right with a little bit of redeeming grace. Be sure to get a copy of my book, Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Drawl, available at ToddSturge.com. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Colossians 1, verse 13. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Fred, and Chris, and now Alex McFarland joins us. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. Where are you today? I'm actually in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, at your home? Uh, no, no. We live over in the big metropolis of Pleasant Garden. Oh, that's right. I'm sure, and I'm Ra- sure most by people the way, go there on vacation. Ray's with me, Ray Pritchard. Ray, sorry, Amen. forgot you, man. I know, okay. you're, no problem. I know you're frozen up there in Kansas City, <laughs> and you don't need to be frozen and forgotten. So uh, anyway, uh, last night... Raise your hand if you went to the Jesus Revolution movie last night. Ray did, I did, and uh, you did, Alex, right? Yes, sir. Tell us what the movie's about. Well, it's the story of Chuck Smith and the start of something that later came to be called the Jesus Movement. And um, I just thought the film was very moving, very good. Um, The gospel got through in many ways, and uh, one of the figures in the story is Greg Laurie, the very famous pastor and evangelist who was led to Christ and mentored by Chuck Smith. And, uh, you know, I was thrilled for this movie because, Tim, I, I have kind of felt like the Jesus movement of the late 60s, early 70s was kind of an underreported revival that I wanted more and more people to know about. Right. What'd you think? I think maybe the best Christian movie that I have ever attended so ever seen so well done so everything alex said everything he said uh kelsey grammar okay you know from cheers and then from what was the name of the show uh <coughs> frazier right frazier yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, tremendous tremendous as uh uh past chuck, chuck smith and then you know the, the the fella jonathan i don't know how you say his last name roomy i don't know if that's, that's, i believe so yes you yeah. know he he plays jesus on the chosen Right, the, the 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 this retelling of the of the life of Christ that's been so popular. He was in there as uh, Lonnie Frisbee, quite a character, so well done, so powerful. Uh, I would say th- this one more thing that in the showing here in Kansas City that we attended, it was almost full. Yeah, and it's the first time that I can remember in years where people responded with cheers and. Amens. It was like a revival was about to break out in the movie theater, and I have not experienced anything like that. Okay, this is my final word. I think the scheduling of this movie is clearly providential in the hands of God, considering what was happening, what's been happening up at Asbury and the talk of revival, to connect all this back to the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s. Guys, God's up to something, and we Amen. haven't seen the end of it yet. You know, uh, Alice and I went to the movie here in Tupelo last night, The Jesus Revolution. And like you guys, raise your hand if you've ever seen a cheesy Christian movie. <laughs> okay, every <laughs> one of every one of us is raising our hands going, when we go to a, quote, Christian movie, our expectation level is lowered because we've all seen, uh, we've all seen second-rate acting, second-rate, movie production and I'm not I'm blaming people who've tried to do this over the years but they just maybe they don't have the money to be able to compete with Hollywood uh, in terms of the quality of production uh but that's improved in the last 
10 years or so. And this movie, I agree with you, Ray, this was the best Christian movie I've ever seen. And, and I'm not easily impressed by Christian movies, as I mentioned, for the reasons I, uh, I, lined, I outlined just a minute ago. But this was powerful. Uh, the acting was excellent uh, on all, uh, all fronts. I didn't know the other actors except for Kelsey Grammer before last night. But, uh, but w- what also struck me was they didn't water down the gospel message hmm. uh, to try to, well, they didn't water it down at all. It was a uh, message of, a lot of times Christians will say, well, God loves you. And then they don't say, well, God loves you and he wants you to repent so you don't go to hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you can go to heaven when you die. That's forgiveness of sin, repentance, turn into Christ, uh, trusting in, in his shed blood. These, these are key elements of, these are key elements of the gospel message but are oftentimes uh, shied away from by Christians, especially maybe filmmakers, because they don't want to offend people. You see what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. We've all, we all know what I'm talking about. This story was extremely well done and acted and written, but it also was very direct in, in, in this gospel message of, of what you must do to be born again, to be saved. And so uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let me ask you guys something. The, the post-video um, message that Greg Laurie, and we're going to try to get him on the show, the, evangel- the evangelist from California, because he's been on with us before, and I love that guy. And he is uh, he's wonderful. He's an evangelist yeah. and a pastor. And But uh, let me ask you this. Uh, he, he gave uh, a video testimony and gospel presentation after the credits rolled. Is that going to be in the movie? Is that going to be in the in the release of the movie nationally? To, to, is that come out today? Is it released to the public today? Uh, tomorrow, supposedly, uh, tomorrow is the official okay. release date. And guys, I got to say this: you know what might be the providential hand of God? This movie was actually supposed to come out like a year ago, and there were some production delays. And here, I, I just think it's it, it can't be mere coincidence that it it rolls out simultaneously with what we're hearing right. about revivals around the country. Well, the movie's called Jesus Revolution. Uh, John Irwin is one of the producers. Uh, and uh, I know John, not well, but he's been here in Tupelo before. And he and his brother produced, uh, I don't know if his brother's still with him or not, uh, in not terms sure. of production, but they did Woodlawn. They did um, October Baby, if you remember that movie. Uh, they've done, uh, I think they did the movie with Kurt Warner. Am I right about that? Uh, you guys know? Uh, you yeah, remember American the movie? Underdog. I think it is in Irwin. I'll look it see, up. See who produced, uh, I love that movie too, the one with, about Kurt Warner. That yeah. was a great movie. That's about a year ago. Mm-hmm. The football player I'm talking about. Anyway, I'd encourage, I think uh, all three of us, Alex, Ray. You are correct. Yours truly. Andrew I, I, and John Irwin. I like hearing that again. What did you say? Chris? You are correct. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I will say Woodlawn is a fantastic one. I think that one is largely overlooked. Uh, if uh, great film for Black History Month or any month of the year, check out Woodlawn. Woodlawn, okay. Uh, those the the Irwin brothers are from Birmingham, mm-hmm. AL. And uh, anyway, all right, uh, just five stars, guys. Ray, absolutely, all the way. 
And Alex, five stars to the movie. Five stars all the way. The hey, Jesus the way, Revolution. Was, Go ahead. Five stars. Yes. Uh, you um, know, you know that that uh, title for that movie came from a Time Magazine article written uh, about the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s that Alex is talking about. By the way, the Calvary Chapel, Ray, right. the Calvary Chapel, uh, that became a more than just an individual church, Greg Laurie's church and Chuck Smith's church. That became a, a little denomination, didn't it, basically? or There are hundreds and hundreds of Calvary chapels um, I think the movie in the little, you know, the little, they had a little, where, where they put the little, what happened to different right. people at the end said there are now a thousand churches and that's around the world as a result of what started out there in Southern California, as unlikely as it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray didn't, I mean, excuse me, Alex, didn't uh, uh, Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapel, he he passed away in 13? 2013, yes. Uh, I remember he was on the radio. Uh, not, not and, a, and, Go ahead. You know, it was really cool. Um, in, in fact, the, uh, one of the guys that produces the weekend show that I have on AFR, Michael Segovia, was Chuck Smith's radio producer. And what was really cool was, I mean, he was, he was a, a, just a very solid Bible teacher, but on the weekends, Chuck Smith would be on the radio answering questions. And I used to listen to his show. This is 25 years ago. And he was quite the apologist. Um, he knew Josh McDowell and Chuck Smith on his weekend, you know, viewer mail show. I mean, it was very, very much biblical worldview and apologetics. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that we're hearing about this. Um, you know, one, one other thing that I got to say that is, again, a huge deal, the kind of the pinnacle of the Jesus movement was in 1972 at the Texas Motor Speedway. There was a big thing with Billy Graham, Johnny Cash, Pat Boone, Josh McDowell, um, and it was called Explo 72. And um, the guy that was Bill Bright's chief of staff for Campus Crusade is a guy named Robert Pittenger. And I interviewed him a couple of years ago. What people don't realize is for for about three and a half days at the Texas Motor Speedway, Expo 72, was 500,000 young people came. Mm. I mean, seriously, and it was kind of, they called it the Christian Woodstock. And a lot of people, you know, to this day, I meet people all over America that were at Expo 72. We need the Lord to do another Great Awakening. And guys, I really think the wheels are turning um, be encouraged, everybody. Um, and isn't it interesting, guys? I just think about this. Um, okay, three weeks ago on the Grammys, the, the, one of the musical acts was basically a, a worship of Satan. Mm-hmm. 72 hours later, the Asbury revival began. Let me tell you, the true and living God will not be outdone. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we need a revival. And I, I just, I believe we can all pray for revival. And, confidently believe God will send that revival. Amen. Just a, a question for, for Ray or for Alex. Is I, it I'm any, here too, so uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I just, please I, tune in. I'm over here. I'm about three feet away from you, Fred, but you just go ahead. And if I, I'm here. If I had anything, let me know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is it any accident um, that these revivals begin with young people? 
what what is going on? And and I'm I'm wondering. We hear so many negative polls and results of what's going on in the minds and lives of of young people today. Yet the similarities between these two, the Jesus movement that this movie is about, and what's been going on at various places over the last two or three weeks. Um, are, are young people looking at where our generation has taken the world and they're saying, I don't want that. There's got to be another answer. I, I, just talk a little bit about that. Ray? Well, I was thinking, Fred, when you were saying all that, during in the movie, Jesus Revolution, there's this incredible moment when Lonnie Frisbee, who is quite a character, quite a character, and, and far from perfect, and I think the movie makes that clear, but Lonnie Frisbee, this converted hippie, is talking to Chuck Smith, and Chuck Smith is, you know, he's unsure about these hippies. They're smoking dope and all this stuff. And Lonnie Frisbee, hey, man, hey, man, don't you understand what God is doing? All this drug stuff you don't like, they're searching for God. He said, they're searching for God. They're looking in the wrong place, he says, but they are searching for God. And so much what we see with the young generation coming here, coming there, they are searching, they are looking and I am not surprised at all, Fred, that God has broken through in a way. He's broken through in a big way to young people because they are turned off by a lot of organized religion and they're turned off by a lot of stuff. They, they've been lied to, let's face it. We talk about that here. They've been lied to by, quote, authority figures and they're looking for truth and they're looking for hope and they're looking for answers. And I think suddenly... Uh, we're we're in a moment, Fred, where I think God is speaking to this younger generation. And I agree with you, Alex. We're praying, oh, God, what you have started, let it spread, let it spread, let it spread. Mm. Alex, any thoughts on that? Uh, Just a a hearty amen. Um, I have kids that sometimes they'll get their parents to drive them two and three hours to come where I'm speaking. And, I mean, here I am, a 58-year-old you know, the mayor of Dull, and yet every weekend I speak to teens. And I asked this 11th grader two weeks ago, I said, why do you guys travel all over to hear me speak? He said, because you tell us stuff. And mm. and I think I think what he meant by that was, uh, you know, we tell the truth. I mean, Bert Harper and I, the most unlikely thing, believe it or not, on Exploring the Word, we have like a big following of middle school and high schoolers. Because Amen. they are hungry for truth. They really are. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, listen, Alex, thanks so much. Uh, your summer camps uh, coming up. Uh, your, oh, yeah. Your worldview camps. Uh, tell our listeners about that and how to, how to find, who, who's eligible, where, where they are. Oh, they. thanks. Yeah. yeah, middle school, high schoolers, we're in seven states this upcoming summer. The website is equipretreat.org. Uh, it's wonderful. It's only $375 per camper. And we're going to woke-proof America's kids. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got uh, April 21 through 23. We're going to be in Paris, Tennessee. This is for all ages. Truth for a New Generation, Biblical Worldview Weekend. And uh, Abe Hamilton will be there, Will and Mickey Addison, Bert Harper and myself. And the theme is this, confronting the issues that will shape your future. Folks, we're going to we're going to get mm. equipped, and we're going to pray for revival mm. at the TNG conference, April twenty-one through twenty-three, 
And that's all at my website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Alex, M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D.com. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you. Alex, the mayor of Dull. <laughs> that was a pretty good line, wasn't it? <laughs> I wonder uh, if that's on the business card. <laughs> Alex may be many things, but he is he not, not dull. No. He is not dull at all. No, that's uh, for sure. All right, you're listening to Today's Issues. Uh, that's the name of the show, Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim with Fred and Chris and Ale- uh, Alex was with us, raised with us, raised in Kansas City, KS, and uh, we're in Tupelo, MS. Hey, uh, speaking of Kansas, just wanted to note this, uh, that uh, uh, there's a, there was a good news story yes. yesterday. Tell us yes. about it, Chris. Normally, my title is the Minister of Doom and Gloom, <laughs> uh, so I'm glad to share some positive news here. Uh, Walgreens says it will not sell abortion pills in Kansas after the state attorney general there threatened legal action. New Attorney General Chris Kobach, who served in many other positions there in the great state of Kansas, wrote a letter to Walgreens warning of legal action if it goes along with President Joe Biden's abortion-for-all scheme. Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid and other drug chains have been pushed by the Biden administration to offer abortion pills over-the-counter. And so uh, Mr. Kobach said, you know what, if you do this, uh, I'm going to take you to court. And Walgreens said, "Uh, we're not even going to bother. So Walgreens uh, says it's not going to sell abortion pills in Kansas, all because of an elected official... And we often say on this show that elections have consequences. In this particular case, uh, the attorney general who is elected said, don't do this or I'm going to sue you. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think this is part of a movement coming out of the Supreme Court decision last year, which has emboldened not only, you know, the pro-life population in general, but also uh, politicians. It's not only on the abortion front, but it's also on the transgender front. We are seeing politicians, school choice, school choice, get up and say, no, we're not going to allow men who claim to be girls to play in girls sports. Right. We're not going to do it. We're not going to put up with guys who say they're girls going into girls washrooms. Right. We've had enough. So I, I, I think the left pushed and pushed and pushed and they thought they were going to get away with it, Mm -hmm. but they're not backfiring. It's backfiring on them. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, next uh, next story. Well, we'll keep it in the area in the uh, we'll keep it in positive news here. Uh, a school district uh, in the state of Georgia has been forced to pay over a hundred thousand dollars in legal fees after banning moms from exposing pornographic materials. We've talked about this on the show. Uh, there's been an effort nationwide, really, of people going to school board elections, uh, school board meetings, rather, uh, maybe even superintendents' offices, and reading things that they are finding on the shelf in school libraries. Or, in some cases, in the books that they're having to take to their classroom. Yes, those two. Uh, an organization called Mama Bears uh, claimed their First Amendment rights were being violated by not being able to share what they deem pornographic materials with school officials there, uh, they lawyered up. Uh, this is in the Forsyth County um, School District, by the way, North Georgia. Uh, and they won their case due to legal representation from the Institute for Free Speech. So a school district saying, you can't do this. Mama Bear saying, I beg to differ, and they won in court. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, uh, I think school boards for now, years now have been controlled by people on the left for the most part in general across the country. And they started, you know, the curriculum changes, uh, moving to the left, left uh, wing ideology would be uh, library shelves, all these sort of things. 
And I know I keep going back to Loudoun County in 21 in Virginia. Parents found out what was going on, and they started to fight back. And that movement now mm-hmm. is just expanding across the country. Uh, all of a sudden, you have parents. They don't only, only go to the school board, but they're running for office. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's been a reaction to uh, to critical race theory, mm-hmm. uh, is what it's called, CRT, being taught in public schools. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, there's been a reaction there because that's trying – it's a uh, – they teach that uh, – uh, Basically, uh, America's founding is illegitimate, and also that white people are devils. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And just because they're white, mm-hmm. and uh, they're the oppressors, and uh, and that everybody needs to fight back against uh, the white colonialist. I guess they put it anyway. It's 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 very harmful mm-hmm. uh, material, and uh, it's socialist, and it's communistic, and it's Marxist. And it's atheistic, and it's divisive. Uh, this uh, critical race theory, CRT, is what it's called. We're not talking about black history now. No, whichever, no. Uh, Ray. We're not talking about. Uh, we're not talking about studying slavery. We're not no. talking about uh, the, the the great black heroes, the men and women. Right. So many of them done so many great. We're not talking about Black History Month. We're not talking about any of that, but right. we are talking about the kind of the CRT nonsense that you're highlighting. That's yeah. different. Yeah, and that's so that's being exposed. Yes. And uh, a lot of school districts are getting rid of it. And uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida has been on the forefront, too, speaking of what's happening in Virginia mm-hmm. with uh, Governor Yunkin. Also, mm-hmm. yes, on the forefront of exposing this uh, poison, mm-hmm. quite frankly. So, uh, we. By the way, speaking of Governor DeSantis of Florida, I mentioned. <clears throat> I think I mentioned on. I mentioned a few days ago that I was in attendance <clears throat> at a meeting uh, week week back Saturday. How do you describe that? A week ago Saturday. Uh, I was in Florida in the Miami area for a conference, and Governor DeSantis spoke to the uh, Compris. Did I get that right? You did. All right. Proud nice. of myself. You are correct. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> You're going to get a raise, Chris. Ah, sweet. I made going. it, Mom. You keep going. You keep buttering me up, Chris. Uh, it works. Uh, but anyway, I uh, heard uh, Governor DeSantis speak. It was an outstanding uh, presentation that he gave, and... Uh, so I've got the rights to air that on American Family Radio. Hmm. I didn't pay for the rights. I mean, I asked permission yeah. from the governor's office. Yeah. Can we air this speech? Because it wasn't anything controversial. He didn't wasn't anything. He wouldn't say at a public speech. Uh, so next week, I think Wednesday, we're going to plan on playing that. It's about a twenty five minute talk that Governor DeSantis gave at this conference that I want everybody to be able to hear. And here's the reason uh, I want to air it. Number one, he's governor of the state of uh, the third largest state in the country, Florida. And uh, he's the most popular uh, conservative governor. Mm-hmm. A Republican, uh, he's a Republican, but he's, he's conservative governor. And um, uh, he, uh, everybody's heard uh, President Trump speak a hundred uh, times. We all know right. what he believes and what he uh, uh his his platform right and we'll be hearing from other people along the way in the republican 
primary season. But Governor DeSantis hasn't even declared yet. So this talk is really him as governor of, uh, of Florida and what he's been able to accomplish there in Florida. And he says this is uh, Florida's where woke goes to die. So I just thought every, everybody would appreciate hearing uh, what, because a lot of people know Governor DeSantis by name, but they they never heard him talk. They don't know what he really believes in or what he stands for. So or, or his story. So I thought people might find that interesting. Yeah. So we'll do that next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Planning on doing that next Wednesday. Um, and who who has, who has, Governor DeSantis has not put his name in the hat. No. Uh, put his hat in the ring yet for for the Republican side. Although everybody thinks that he will. Yeah. Who has now, Chris? Uh, we have at least uh, three people off the top of my head. Of course, you had Trump. That was months ago. Um, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina and U.S. ambassador to the U.N. under Trump. And then in recent days, we had um, author and uh, tech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. He's actually been on Jenna's show a few times now. I'll share the link to her podcasts. Uh, but Vivek Ramaswamy. Say that three times fast, Chris. Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy. He's big and fine. Wow. Folk. He's got it. Yes. He's, you got that down. Did you practice that? I did in front of the mirror. <laughs> Six times. Yeah, it was interesting. Ray, can you do it? Go go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. I cannot. Vivek Ram, Ramaswamy? Vivek yes. Ramaswamy. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. a, uh, he's of Indian heritage. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, not Irish. Not but, a fan of the woke but he, No, he is excellent. No. Uh, speaker and believes a lot of the same things we do. And I heard him speak on the Friday night. Before the Saturday night, the Governor DeSantis spoke. He's good. Quebec Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. By the way, Tim Scott, South Carolina Senator. Yep. He was in Iowa yesterday. I saw that. So I think he's a thinking. Right. Mm. I think at the end of the day, uh, people who are conservatives are going to have several qualified, um, bona fide candidates to choose from. Yes. Uh, in the Republican primary. <laughs> You're right. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Yeah. He was in Iowa yesterday, which what, what does that tell you? <laughs> primary. He's yeah. going to announce too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be back in a minute and five minutes. Actually stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.